The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello! And we are back again with our uh, movie club um, strategy here. It's June, was last month. This month is July. I have a headache, and clearly my brain is not functioning properly. How are you doing, Corey? You know, I'm fine. I'm trying not to die of heat stroke. (laughs) Well, living in Florida, I have no sympathy for that statement, but nonetheless... Uh, yesterday it was 105 <laughs> degrees, sir. Oh, what, did it feel like that, or that's what it said? Yeah, no, it felt like 105, and there was a nauseating hot breeze, like you're standing in front of a mm. blow dryer. So oh. uncomfortable. Well, um, this month of July, which is a hot month for everybody, um, we are doing coming-of-age stories, and this week we are going to be reviewing the film The Graduate, um, we'll get more into all the specifics of that film in a little bit, but um, before we get into our full review of the film, uh, we will, one, give a spoiler warning before we get into spoilers of The Graduate, but two, we like to talk about what else we've been watching and kind of just catch up because, you know, we're friends and we don't get to see each other ever. This is like the one day we generally talk. So how you been this week, Corey? You know, I've been okay. It seemed like a really long week. Even though we had 4th of July on Wednesday, and I had the day off of work. Oh, okay. I was about to ask what you did. Uh, so you were off work. I um, did grown-up things. I started cleaning my blinds, <laughs> which... <laughs> I sound so stupid, but oh my gosh. Um, and then I went and saw a movie, which we'll talk about in a moment. Oh, great. Um, I didn't get to go to a movie on 4th of July, but I did watch one, and then we went um, to a concert which I'll talk about now. Uh, we went to see, um, it was supposed to be Alien Ant Farm, Lit, and P.O.D., and I guess some local bands were playing first, uh, but the weather was real bad here on 4th of July. Like It was thunderstorms all over the state, and so uh, our friends were going w- with us, but they were, well, they were meeting us there, and they got there about 2 o'clock. It was supposed to start about noon, and they were like, it, everything's been delayed. So we were like, okay, we're okay. So we ended up, uh, it stopped raining here, so we started driving out there. It was raining when we got there, and the band still hadn't gone on stage because it was it was outside, and it was dangerous because it was lightning and stuff. Um, so we ended up going to a mall like that was like a few miles down the road um, just for like a super little bit. Then we rushed back because uh, we heard that Alien Ant Farm started playing. We missed them completely. Dang it. Well, I, I agree. I like a lot of I like some of their songs um, from back we in the like day. We like the singles. Yes, that's basically all I know be uh, to be fair. But um, I heard they were kind of jerky on stage. Like he was making like jerk off motions and like blowjob motions. Um, and I think he came out smoking a joint, which yeah, I'm not necessarily against that. But like there, it was a it all was ages. a yeah, it was an all ages show. So there were a lot of little kids there. And he was just being, from what I hear from my friend, it was he was being kind of a jerk. Um, and especially because he's like, he's like in his forties, 
and he's acting like he's like 20 you know like that's you know i'm cool with like some 20 punk band you know who is like everything's rock and roll and nothing serious but at some point like you you gotta have a little bit of maturity right like i would think um not when you're in a rock band well lit we caught most of their set um I did find them a little boring. Uh, Dang you know, it. it! It could be the music too. It's it's some of their songs sound country, like their new stuff. Um, oh. To me, to me. Now I'm not a country fan, so I might be like way overstepping. Like a country person might be like, no way does that sound country. But to me, it sounded very country. Um, but their their classics, the singles that everyone knows, were they played them very well. The vocals were a little scratchy, but that could be they're on tour, so his, his voice might just be wearing down after a few weeks or whatever. Um, but all of that was saved uh, from P.O.D. P.O.D. is a band I've been a huge fan of for a long time. And, man, they killed it live. Um, and it, it didn't hurt that there was a dude dressed up as Jesus um, who goes around <laughs> as Mosh Pit Jesus. He has a business card and everything that he hands people. That's um, the best thing ever. Yeah, he's got okay. a, an Instagram account, too. So if I you're... I'm plugging Mosh Pit Jesus on our podcast. but I, Okay, well, it was already great when I saw the photos, and then I read about it, you know, because I read your review, mm-hmm. but that he has business cards just puts it on a whole other level. Yeah, the front is, like, just the name and, and stuff, and then the back says, like, his services he provides, and one of them, he turns water into whiskey, yes. um, and a few other things. Uh, it's really funny. I think Kathy posted on her Instagram a picture of the business card with the picture of me and Taylor standing with uh, Mosh Pit Jesus, but he he got the pit got huge for POD. Like there was no pit for Lit, which I wouldn't expect there to be. But POD is a little heavier. They're they're more new metal than anything else. And um, I, I don't know if he got hit real hard or if it was just like because he's wearing a robe, like he's dressed up like Jesus. It's not a joke. And so I don't know if he got like heat stroke from like moshing with this robe thing on. But so he ends up sitting like in front of me, like catching his breath and a few other people. Everyone loved him because he was dressed up as Jesus, I guess. And um, he was very nice, very friendly. And uh, Sonny, the singer from P.O.D., had noted him earlier and had made several jokes throughout the, the show about like, um, you know, I always look to Jesus for help, but I never expected him to show up in St. Pete, like things like that. <laughs> and um, so he saw that Jesus went down and was like, like checking on him like is he okay and he's looking right at me because i'm like the only person right next to him like is he all right and i'm like giving sunny the thumbs up to like let him know that yeah jesus is okay jesus is gonna <laughs> rise again you know it was a it was a cool experience to have uh, uh definitely not what how i was expecting to spend my fourth of july there but um what really sucked though is we had a park we didn't have to park where we parked but it was free but it was like a good three blocks down the road which is not a big deal but i was concerned about the weather because I don't like to get stuck in the rain. And I'm a bad Floridian because I don't bring umbrellas. So, POD ends. They get off stage. We walk out with our friends. They, they're leaving. We're going to go to our car. And we start to... Kathy decides she wants to wait and see if POD will walk out. Because their buses are like right there. And that's when we took the picture with Mosh But Jesus. And while we're standing there waiting for POD to come out, the guy who's like the host starts getting the crowd to chant for an encore. And P.O.D. goes back on stage. Now, we're outside, but you could literally see them. Like, you didn't have to buy a ticket. Like, you could have stood on the outside and got a really great free concert. Um, So we're standing on the outside of the gate now, watching them do the encore. And halfway through their second and last song, it starts to pour down. Like, horrible rain. Like, just torrential downpour. And I'm like, great. And Kathy's still standing there. I'm like, can we go to the truck? I'm just like, we're going to be soaked. And 
Um, we had one umbrella, so her and Taylor were using the umbrella, and I was uh, just speed walking. Um, almost got hit by a car, and then Kathy snapped at the person in the car. Like I've, I've not seen her get that mad that fast, and like actually, like she shouted, and I, I saw them coming. My grandfather trained me to always watch for like stupid people uh, driving, and so I saw them coming from a mile away, and I, they almost hit me if I had kept walking, but I saw them and stopped, knowing they weren't gonna see me. They did see me, mind you. They did stop, but they did have to like slam on their brakes, kind of thing. Again. It wasn't in direct line of me, but if I had kept walking, I would have been in potential danger, so to speak. Um, but Kathy yelled at them, and I'm like, come on. And so we finished crossing the road. We were in the crosswalk, too. Like, we weren't jaywalking or anything. We were following protocol. But it's a, a roundabout, and, you know, those roundabouts get kind of confusing, especially over here in the States. We don't have many don't of them. Doing. Yeah, we don't have many of them, and so the people who don't seem to know how to use them act like idiots. But... Um, I think the real problem is that no one knows what the F right away is. Ah, uh, yes. It's not all you all the time. Right. And then um, they rolled their window down, and I think they said something to Kathy. <laughs> they don't I, even know. I, well, it was raining really hard, but I did I did yell at them back because I, like, I, I wasn't going to say anything. But when you start talking trash to my wife, especially when you were wrong, I'm definitely not going to stand by. So I said something, but I, they, they drove off, and we got in the truck. I was soaked unhappy um that i was wet but had a good time at the concert we didn't we didn't get to see fireworks in the traditional sense like we saw them in several different cities as we drove home um which was kind of cool because i think we saw fireworks in like six or seven different cities on the way home so kind of was cool enough but we did see a really awesome show with pod uh for sure nice especially because it was only five bucks like it was a it was a show if i paid 30 40 bucks I'd have been happy with POD's performance, but the fact that I paid five bucks just makes it all the more memorable. It's like, wow, what a what a show they put on! And the, I wish I had recorded Sonny talking kind of trash about the venue in a really very you know tactful way. Um, just it kind of shows again why he's so uh, his lyrics have so much meaning because he's not a dumb guy. He's a very intelligent man who knows what he's talking about, and his points were completely valid without directly saying this venue's garbage but he basically was just like you know if you want to have shows like this it's great but you got to make sure that the sound's right because if the sound's wrong the bands won't come and the bands won't come the fans won't come and then you make no money like essentially his point but he's articulated it way better but um enough of that i guess let's get into movies and since you saw one on fourth of july we'll we'll start with you what did you uh, see this week Corey? Okay, well, first we're going to back up to Saturday night because mm. we had we have game nights once a month, me and my friends. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like I always hang out with people that are really smart. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. But anyway, um, we were playing this cool board game that took me the whole game to figure out called Pandemic. Okay. And pretty much you are part of the CDC and you're trying to stop outbreaks from happening everywhere and taking over so of course i had to come home at midnight and watch 28 days later Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and then i on fourth of july okay i'm sure that you read everyone in the free world has read what has happened in boise recently about um a man attacking a refugee family during a birthday party I'm surprised you haven't read this. It's national news. I think I have. It's just my brain is not 100% at the moment. So, 
in Boise. Um, and I can't remember. I believe that he stabbed six people, including the wow. three-year-old birthday girl. And so my friends work at the other hospital in town, or my friend does, and then my friend's mom does as well, I think as a nurse. But um, they were talking about it as it was happening, kind of. Uh, so everyone at the time was alive and whatever. But the next day... On Sunday, the three-year-old passed away. Oh, man. I've been having a hard time. <laughs> like, I can't... I haven't even really talked about it, because you just can't... I don't know. And we... We're white, and we're potatoes. This is Idaho. But we actually have a very big refugee community, and that's... I was having a hard time dealing with it, and I still am. But I went to see Won't You Be My Neighbor on mm -hmm. July 4th, and it really helped. It does show the possibilities of optimism in the world. Um, that movie is so impressive. You have the unfortunate whatever of being my Facebook friend. So every time that anything bad happens, I always think of his quote, um, like what his mom said, always look for the helpers. And I don't know. And then they said that in the movie too. I don't know. But it's such a great movie. I think that everyone should go watch it. I want to look up the PSAs that he did for September 11th. I don't yeah. remember those. Uh, me too. I, I don't either. And then I'm sure I was in college. I probably would have shrugged it off as like, oh, stupid Mr. Rogers. Cause I was, you know, a little bit negative and pessimistic as a college student, a little cynical. I mean, I still am some of those things, but I feel like to a much lesser extent than when I was in college and thought I knew everything. Um, like, I think, yeah. I think I would kick college me in the nuts if I were hanging out with him. Like that's, <laughs> The truth oh, there told. was a time, everybody, we were not friends. Yes, we were yeah. not friends. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because, like, I took that interpersonal communications class and, like, adults can't talk to adults about things and just, like, hearing the way that he was talking to children about things. Yeah. And I wish that someone could talk to me about those same things, even as an adult. Yeah. I mean, when he talked about, like, divorce, and then he talked about the war, uh, Vietnam War is the, the episodes they show. But then even when he sat with the, the mailman character on the show and watched, like, put each other's feet. They didn't put each other. It sounds so wrong. They put their feet in the same pool during the Civil Rights Movement as if to say, like, this is okay. This is, it's not different. Like, I was, uh, that movie, I, I think I cried, like, the entire freaking time. I cried the whole time. Um, and it was everything to not sob because holy hell. But I'm gonna challenge anyone that enjoyed the movie, including you. There are StoryCorp, which is one of my favorite Facebooks ever. Um, there is an interview with oh, why am I blanking out on his name? Uh, um, the police officer. Mr. McFeely. No, the police officer. It starts with a C. Well, there is an interview on StoryCorps that talks about how he came to be on the show and, like, that scene more in depth. And it just, like, every time I listen to it, because I've listened to it multiple times, I cry. Yeah. Um, and also, there's more footage of when he went up uh, to speak with the senator about that funding for mm. PBS. Yes. And I just, every time, just, guys, I just that cry well, a lot. I was at, um, we were at TGI Fridays. Uh, they're not a sponsor. When, um, when you text me that you saw it uh, my, with my wife and daughter e eating a very, very late dinner. Um, and I, I mentioned it to them that you saw the movie and I showed them the picture on your Snapchat um, of you, you, know, you crying for an hour and a half. 
and Taylor really wants to see it. And I was like, well, I think we might have missed it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to you know, buy this movie because this is something I'll, I'll teach this film for the rest of the time that I teach film. Like, it'll be a documentary that I show every year um, once I can, you know, once it's available to me. And, um, but I, I went looking in our, the Enzian, which is the local art house theater in Orlando that puts on the Florida Film Festival. They're the, I call it a hipster mugs and movies because they're like mugs and movies, just a little bit fancier. Like they'll have, you know, mugs and movies used to have like a hamburger where Enzian will have a hamburger with goat cheese, you know, like it's that next level stuff. And, um, they, they have it this week still there. Uh, so I'm hoping to get to take her to go see it started screening at my theater like two or so weeks ago when yeah. they did like the wide release well i know eighth grade gets a uh, a wider release this coming friday so i'm expecting the Andean to probably get that um and i don't know if eighth grade's gonna get to here or not and then i get to go see sorry to bother you at a critic screening on wednesday which is the lakeith uh stanfield film that did really well at sundance and did, had a good showing at south by which i missed i was very unhappy that i missed it at south by and then um so I get to see that at a critic screening, which that's officially out right now, but it's only in select markets. Um, and then uh, Blind Spotting is coming out this month too, um, which I saw at South by Southwest, and is currently little inside information if you listen to top five movies, but it is currently my number one movie of the year. Um, I, I was so blown away by Blind Spotting, I can't wait. I'm hoping it comes close so I can see it again because I, I loved it so so much. Um, I also loved eighth grade though. I don't want to downplay that. That's in my top five right now too. But, um, you know, it's a, there's a chance. Won't you be my neighbor? Might be in my top five, which will be the first time a documentary is in my top five movies. It doesn't. Ever. It. I don't know. Like sometimes it's really hard to get totally into a, a doc- documentary for me. But yes. I just the whole time just the whole time and he's a badass and a trailblazer Mm -hmm. and i was just thinking about all these things that we don't equate mr rogers with Mm. or you know like see him as and he totally is but oh and then we started watching jurassic park but first that was yeah they're on netflix oh i didn't realize they put the first one on there too but um yeah that's my one in my top five movies of all time i love jurassic park um well, I saw a bunch this week. Uh, I actually saw 10 movies since we oh, last yeah. recorded. Um, I've been doubling up. I actually watched three movies today. <gasps> um, so, uh, I, well, last Sunday, um, Jaws was screening at our uh, Epic Theater in Claremont um, because they do like the uh, retro screenings on Sundays. And so we went and saw Jaws, which I love. It's one of my favorite films, too. Um, it's in my top 50. Um, I watched while we were while we're young the uh, Noah Baumbach film with Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Adam Driver, and Amanda Seyfried. I liked it. Um, I don't think it's his best. It's not his. It's, I wouldn't say he has a worse per se, but I have ones that didn't click with me. This one's in the middle. Parts of it really clicked with me, and then parts of it did not. Um, I watched Uncle Drew, the uh, basketball movie with Little Royal Howery, uh, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Ky- Kyrie Irving, Shaquille O'Neal, a bunch of other uh, basketball pl- former basketball players. Um, for the most part, uh, it's funny. It's it's really entertaining. I had a good time. It was actually, um, it's not the best movie per se, but it was very entertaining. A very good, enjoyable summer movie. Um, I had a pretty large crowd. I went on Monday night at like nine o'clock, and it was a packed house. I was really surprised. Um, and I ended up like it was a. I went to one of the theaters that have um, assigned seats, 
And when I got there, there was already, like, all the middle seats were gone. Like, so I picked, like, an aisle seat, um, middle of the section, but, like, on the aisle. And I figured I was good because there were people in the middle. And I was, like, four or five seats away from them. Sure enough, people end up sitting right next to me, which I don't generally like, especially if I don't know them. Unless you're my people. Yeah, but it turned out the crowd was great. We all laughed. We had a good time. And um, the movie, it, it's not subtle with its messages, but it, it it's still, it's really optimistic. Like, there's, like, a positive message to take away from the movie. And I like that, you know? Uh, a lot of movies are so... like, And I can I like a nihilistic or a negative film or cynical film, but um, yeah. sometimes <laughs> I need something upbeat. And for a comedy, I, I generally... I don't know. I like dark comedies. I, I'm, I'm kind of eclectic with stuff, but this particular one, it it, it made me feel good watching it. So I, I praise Uncle Drew. If, it's, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check it out. Um, I saw Scarface for the first time. <laughs> Finally! Hi. My, Mike and I sat... We went to uh, Tijuana Flats for dinner, came back to my place, and we watched uh, Scarface. And um, one, the, I there's some parts in that movie that are kind of ridiculous. Like, there is an 80s montage. Like, legit 80s style. Like, the music, like, up over-optimistic with them. Like, him kind of taking over and, like, the banks... Like, him establishing his empire... And I was cracking up at the montage. And there was another sequence with these push-in close-ups that were, like, way over dramatic. And I was like, oh, my God. Come on, De Palma. Chill out. But I still enjoyed the movie. Um, it's a little long. It's almost three hours. And I was just like, ugh. But uh, overall, that. enjoyed it. I don't see why people love it as much. I think that it's kind of one of those movies, like, how when we go back and we do these movie club movies and we're like, oh, God, everybody loves this. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't at the time and it just isn't we're not there with it maybe but like kids love it like there's always those kids who like idolize him as like this iconic i don't idolize him no well no and i'm not even talking like it's not the movie people just like they're like scarface oh scarface and it's like i there are some i i enjoy the movie but i grew up with the movie thanks mom and dad um you know i want to i i'm not saying uh, i didn't enjoy it though you know i I did no i'm not taking it that way yeah I feel like it might just be one of those, like, you yeah. grew up on it. And all the cocaine, man. Yeah. I, I n- <laughs> Nothing about his character. Oh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> At the end, she looks so skinny. Like, she looks sick. Um, I saw two, two Michelle Pfeiffer movies this week, though. I'll get to that oh. momentarily. Um, okay. I watched a film called Toast. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. It's about a uh, British, like, like, celebrity chef. Uh, food writer um, named Nigel Slater. I'd never heard of it, but what caught my eye was Freddie Highmore, um, who is in Bates Motel and he was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and August Rush. I, I've always kind of liked him. And Helen and Bottom Carter, who I'm a big fan of. Um, Me. Oh, okay. Um, I tend to like her quite a bit. And I, I, I had it up on Amazon Prime. It was like we were just flipping through the movies and it was there. And Kathy's like, let's watch that. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yes. I'm like, all right, I guess so. You know how she picks things kind of haphazardly. <laughs> Just, um, yeah. It's let's good. It. It's it's an entertaining movie. It's not an amazing film. Um, uh, th- there are things that I really like. There are things that I, yeah, whatever. But um, overall enjoyable. Uh, called Toast. Um, I, I watched Mission Impossible 3 for the first time, kind of getting ready for uh, Fallout coming out. Um, I've seen all of them but three. For some reason, I skipped three. And that's J.J. Abrams' first feature film. And oh. it's, it also is what turns the franchise back because number two is off the charts ridiculous, uh, heavily MTV inspired. Limp Bizkit did the version of the song for that movie. Um, it just, it just, it's bad. And so 
3 was a course correction, and it's it has been only getting better ever since. Uh, Mission Impossible 3 also has Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. Oh. Um, and he's fantastic, and it's the one that Simon Pegg shows up in for the first time, um, although oh. a very small role. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it, though. I had a lot of fun with that. And then I watched that yesterday afternoon, and then my wife and daughter and I went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, which <sighs> is the second Michelle Pfeiffer movie that I, I just is teased. It? Yes. Better um, than the trailers are leading us to believe. Okay. I do, Did you see Ant-Man? I loved the first. Well, okay. I liked the first one a lot. Mostly, I mean, come on, it's Balrod. I Exactly. Uh, this is a hilarious movie. This is a almost a true comedy, um, especially Paul Rudd and Michael Pena. They are brilliant. Um, one, I, I have I had no issues with the trailer, but I, it's structured way better than the trailer. It makes it look like it's going to be structured. Um, Doesn't like make me want to watch the movie at all in fact really? makes me want to not see the movie yeah well, both of the trailers i saw it's it's super funny um it's a great time i actually because i love comedy so much and because i'm a huge paul rudd and michael pena fan i like this movie more than a lot of the marvel movies um i i, I feel wrong saying it's better than some that are clearly more serious but man i had a great time with this movie i was laughing a lot um and paul rudd gets me his humor the way he delivers dialogue there's a part i won't say exactly what happens but he gets zapped unconscious and he's eating cereal and the way he falls is so funny like it's it's if you like paul rudd and i know you do Corey, it's fantastic Um, because he's so damn charming he is he doesn't age and i just really think he's a scientologist but but... there's some really really great jokes in this and then if you saw the first film you saw um michael douglas in the uh that's right right it's michael douglas i'm pretty sure um and you see him i feel like that's wrong um but no i'm right um i always confuse him with uh martin sheen um michael douglas they did the de-aging in the first film there's that scene where you see him as like a young michael douglas and they've gotten better. They did it with Robert Downey Jr. in, um, I think, in Civil War. And they've done it a couple times now where they just... Oh, and uh, they did it with Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You see young Kurt Russell. And it, the technology is getting ridiculous where, like, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to start having, like, dead actors showing up in movies again. Oh, like, technically, that happened in, in Rogue One. But um, I, I think it'll get worse. And uh, But needless to say... Uh, there's a scene with Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael, and Michael Douglas as the young versions of them, and Michelle Pfeiffer looks like she did in Scarface. It was crazy, like oh, how and it looks real. Like that's the thing. It doesn't look like a computer version of it. You're just like, oh my god, how are you doing this? This is scary. But um, that was that was last night. I had a blast. My review is up at BerkReviews.com already. But um, I watched three movies today, Corey. No. So I, I went to the bathroom. And I came out of the bathroom. And Kathy was watching Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And I'm Kathy like, was watching on her own. Yeah, I bought it on Vudu, so it shows up everywhere. And she just started it out of, I don't know why. It's one of the first things on the list because I just bought it. But I'm like, I walk in, I'm like, what are you watching? And she's like, some weird movie. I was like, was it Hedwig? She's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, I need to watch, I want to watch this. She's like, is this your movie? I'm like, no, I was going to go watch The Graduate now so I could get be done with it. And she's like, well, I already started this. Let's watch it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I've been wanting to, so why not? I love Hedwig and the Angry Inch so freaking much. I'm so glad because I I love that movie. I 
So usually for a movie club, everybody, one of us has to have not seen the movie that we're going to be watching. And I was trying to peer pressure John into watching <laughs> Edwig well, I as had, one of his picks. I had it picked between this and Tangerine. And I went with Tangerine because of the Sean Baker connection. And neither of us had seen it. Um, also, uh, Hedwig's not easy to get. Uh, the only reason why I ended up buying it, it went on sale for five bucks, like the last day of June. And How much so, is it usually? Like 10 or 13, I think. Um, digital. It looks like it's out of print for Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, so you I can, didn't even know it was on Blu-ray. I've tried to find it, it may on not Blu-ray. Be on, it may not be. I, I'm sorry. I was just assuming <sighs> it's out of print for both. Okay. Um, so calm, calm yourself. But I bought it for pretty cheap, I think, on eBay. But... Um, so I wasn't sure how easy it would have been to get before, but I'm glad, you know, I bought it as soon as I saw it was on sale, been meaning to watch it. I, I, there were so many things about this movie I loved and, uh, the music's fantastic. And I, I ended up getting so into it. I started reading about like how it came to be. Um, I actually watched the director has only done a few other films, but I watched, he's the director and he plays Hedwig, John Cameron Mitchell. Um, he just did, I just watched his new film, how to talk to girls at parties, which stars Elfan. I did not realize that was him. Yeah. Um, and I like that movie. I love Hedwig, though. Um, Hedwig is just... It, it might be in my top 25 movies. Like, I haven't decided where to put it yet, and I'm definitely going to rewatch it, but I was... It it floored me. Um, some of the, the visuals, like, it's so cinematic. Um, there's so many funny jokes, and the way he writes and delivers dialogue, um, <laughs> it's... There's a part where he's sitting on, like, the throne of tires, like, talking to, like, other people. It To me, it felt like a very queen-type moment where she's, like elevated and looking down on her subjects and telling them a story of her times past which we will then flash back into but the way she words things and i'm saying she it is it's not an actual transgender person to my understanding he tried to be. um huh well she tried well the to be. character the character tried to be but oh, I, don't, oh. I don't think it's autobiographical it's the character that he wrote um from my understanding because this is a very successful broadway musical um neil patrick harris i believe was the most recent person to play hedwig um, in fact, performed at the Tonys Award. You can find that on YouTube, uh, his performance of Sugar Daddy at the Tonys. Um, and I am a big fan of Neil Patrick Harris. So I was excited when I saw that, too. But, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I've been telling everyone who will listen to me about this movie because I'm just like, I barely had heard of this. And I, I don't understand how it's not something that more and more people... And it has, like, an 88 on Metacritic. So, I mean, it's, like, highly critically acclaimed, but just one that had I uh, missed forever, and it's it's fantastic. And the music is great. There's some really good songs in it. Um, the I last mean, song made me cry. Like, I had tears in my eyes. Like, I don't even know why. It just did. Like, I think just the acceptance and, like, the whole... I don't want to spoil the movie, but just the song, I had tears in my eyes. It's like, oh, my God, this movie just great yeah um, i thought so michael c hall has also oh played hedwig wow yeah um so i also love this movie and i think that you should also check out breakfast on pluto i shall is that I him too uh-uh that has uh oh my god killian murphy Ooh. and i'm forgetting who plays his dad in it but he's a priest and they uh oh let me look because it's gonna drive me crazy uh but anyways, he yeah he lives on this very he lives I believe in Ireland and he that's just not okay back then he's mm. a transvestite and it's I don't know I think it's really good. Well, the last thing I saw I, I watched The Graduate after um, I watched uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch and then um, I had time and there was an yeah, early showing so I went and saw the first Purge um, oh. at six fifty tonight and uh, just got home about. 
20 minutes before we were supposed to record. Um, and uh, it's there was a moment in the first purge. Um, uh, editor for BerkReviews.com, David, came with me. Um, he had some issues with his movie pass, though. Movie pass, you gotta be careful. There were I had five people who were trying to go see this movie who could not get the movies to load to pick um, their movie. I meant to like send you the article, but what the f are they doing about the movie surge pricing? Oh, it's 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 ridiculous. If you're not an annual, if you didn't subscribe for the year back a few months ago, they are gonna I guess charge you an additional amount of money for certain things. Like if a movie anywhere from two to six dollars. Wow, I didn't know it was that much either, but. Um, yeah, a little lightning bolt will show up on the movie time if it is considered a surged ticket sale. Um, so if you live in an area where there's not, like, a lot of ticket demand, you should be okay from the way they're saying it. But, like, if you live in New York City or L.A. where movies sell out frequently, you're going to get these surge prices, and it's going to make people not like MoviePass. Um, if you live near an AMC, I think switching to the AMC Pass is a better deal. It's 20 bucks a month, but you get to go to three movies a week. And you can go to any movie, including IMAX. And I believe, I have not read this because I don't have an AMC near me, so I'm not worried about it. But I believe that those tickets add up. So, like, if you don't see three movies in week one, those tickets carry over to the next week. So, you have six movies you could go see. And you can see them in the same day. You're not limited to one a day. You can go see three movies on a Saturday if that's when you can go to the movies. Like, um, which I like that, too, because I like to double dip sometimes. Like, I'll go and then see, like, a mid-show and then a late show or something. But... Um, if I had an AMC and MoviePass started the surge pricing, I would totally be leaning towards the AMC. Because, uh, again, you can go to IMAX, too. So if you have an AMC That's with nuts. a kick-butt IMAX theater, 20 bucks a month, you can go see three IMAX movies a week. You know, Not that you would, it'd be the same movie three times, but still, you know, you could. And um, you also get, I think that their, their pass includes their uh, Stubbs membership, which gets you discounts on their popcorn and stuff. So... Um, if other chains start doing that, like if Regal starts doing that, I'll I'll switch to Regal in a heartbeat because so fast it's right here and I love Regal anyways. So, um, but uh, th- there was a part though where David and I started laughing at the movie, <laughs> and I don't think it wanted us to. Um, it, it just it goes so action movie at one point where like a character is brandishing two assault rifles. And he kills one bad guy and then flamboyantly points the gun backwards without looking behind him and shoots the other guy and poses afterwards. Like he like holds the pose and then another guy is like straight up dual wielding like shoots to the left with one assault rifle and then to the right with the other. It was nuts off the charts nuts action and I'm just like what am I watching Fast and the Furious what's going on um really went too far i think with the action movie element of it uh it resembles die hard in some ways not in the good ways just like it's a dude in a tank top with a bag of guns you know against like a militia in a building so in that way it resembles die hard um but yeah it it's not bad it's not like it's not like truth or dare where it's you know just ugh. but it's definitely not good (laughs) and the the messages uh that it blatantly has always the purge movies have never been subtle with their uh, political commentary um but uh i would say this one goes even more obvious and i think it's i still agree with a lot of what it's saying and um the metaphor of the purge is it's scarier right now than it was ever in the past and they 
because this is the first purge, it's much closer to our time, and there's some very blatant references to right now in this film. Um, but yeah, if it's, I still think Anarchy is the best of the purge films. Um, I think it's the one that that uses the premise the best and it has the the best characters. Um, even though it does feel very much like the Punisher in a lot of ways, and that's probably why I like the second one. Um, you know, I didn't hate election year. The first one, I just felt like they, they had such a cool premise and they locked it in a house. Um, and that kid creeped me out a lot. Um, this one, I would say isn't even scary, uh, at all. Like it feels much more like a action drama. Um, there's some good performances. It's not like it's, again, it's not a horrible movie. I've seen way worse horror films this year, but Winchester and truth are there right there. Um, first purge is definitely better than either one of those, but not not great or even it wasn't super fun either um and there's at least two scenes in the movie where they it you can tell they cut something out and there's like continuity errors like really bad like there there's three characters looking out a broken window and you're just like why is that window broken there's no explanation as to why this particular window is broken and they also notice something in that same apartment and they're like hey what's that and they just kind of like they say something that sounds like it just like a red herring type of thing and then it's not it, there's a lot of little gaps in the story that you feel like they probably got cut out for time or something but mm. yeah not not something I, I recommend rushing out for I do recommend seeing Ant-Man versus and, and, I keep saying Ant-Man versus the Wasp apparently I just <laughs> want them to fight uh, Ant-Man and, and the Wasp highly recommend that um, but I man, sorry I went on a little long with that uh, I saw a lot of movies this week as I said and some of them, again, Hedwig and the Angry Inch have been, like, fairly life-changing for me. So I'm so glad that you loved it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely glad I made that purchase. Probably one of the best things I've bought recently um, for five bucks on Vudu. And it's a movie anywhere movie, so it's on everything. Um, we're going to be talking about The Graduate. Uh, this movie's from 1967. Uh, it's listed as a comedy, drama, and a romance Um I find it interesting to call it a comedy. I mean, there's definitely some humor in it, but I or wouldn't even call it a romance. Uh, there's a romance there, yeah. um, but we can talk about that. Okay, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft, Kath, uh, Catherine Ross, William Daniels. Um, which I want to point out, William Daniels. I've saw this movie twice now, and I didn't realize until uh, the scene in the film when he's laying on the raft in the pool and his dad and his mom are like looking down at him. And it's kind of a cool shot. They're giving him crap about like just you know why are you in the pool. <laughs> And I realized who the dad was. Do you know what TV show the dad was in? No. He played Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets what? World. Yeah. I was so excited because I heard his voice and it was like, that sounds like Mr. Feeney. And I started digging. And sure enough, William Daniels is the actor who plays Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World. But and once I realized it, I could see it. But I did not notice it because he looks very different. He's much younger than when we would watch him in the 90s. Um, now, Mr. Robinson. Do you know who that actor is? Uh, Murray Hamilton. He's in a movie plays a major character that I nope. saw this week aside from The Graduate. He is mm. the uh, mayor of Shark Town, if you will, or the mayor of Amityville in Jaws. Oh, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Uh, well, I saw it this past Sunday and it is one of my favorite films and I love his character because he is the villain um, in Jaws because he's the one who insists that the beach be kept open and that he, despite the shark attacks, he encourages people to get in the water. Um, and he is, in my eyes, I mean, the real villain's the shark, but the human villain is definitely Murray Hamilton. He is 
greedy and his greed is the reason that people are being punished um and so you have uh this dustin hoffman very young dustin hoffman directed by michael nick uh, not michael sorry mike nichols um it's interesting because the movie has a 77 meta score but i was reading uh some reviews about it and um i don't know if it was ebert or if someone from uh the roger ebert site wrote a review where they basically said this movie um is of its time and while it's still you can appreciate the the film work in this movie is amazing there's some some of my favorite shots in cinema show up in this movie because they're so creative with the framing of the camera um the isolation of the character and and yet the content and the subject matter does not hold up perfectly and i'm getting the vibe that you did not love this movie Corey. (laughs) um it was a little disappointing because i've wanted to see this movie for such a long time like i you know I've just wanted to see it and I just never got around to it and maybe I have did up to myself too much but I it I don't think it was a bad movie but it wasn't as good as I hoped it'd be well I, I don't you definitely it would be hard to argue this is a bad movie I mean it's a very well made film um I liked it the first time I saw it I think I liked it a little more the second time and I do think that's um I think the movie I needed someone to kind of guide me of what what I'm supposed to read from certain parts of it. I, I don't always get, I feel like I, I'm usually good at reading like human emotion, but I didn't, I didn't relate to what the character was going through. Um, and it, it, I find that weird. I did more this time, but, and maybe, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused, but uh, I'm confused with myself. I don't know what kept me from like, making the connections in the first viewing but um dustin hoffman's character plays ben uh ben braddock and he's just graduated college hence the name uh the graduate and he is uh, in a funk he doesn't know what to do next um he's getting pressure to go to grad school but he doesn't want to do that he doesn't know what he wants to do at all it seems like and he generally seems like he hates everything would you say that's a fair read Um, I don't feel like he hates everything. I just think he's disinterested. Well, okay. He does use the, he doesn't use the word hate. He does use the word, uh, he tells, um, well, I'm going to forget her name. Elaine. He tells Elaine, uh, and this is, I don't think this is a spoiler, even though this is later in the film. He tells Elaine, you're the first thing that I've liked, um, or been able to like. And I feel like that's the same as saying I hate everything. (laughs) It granted, it's not verbatim the same but i feel like that's the message that you can take from that like if you're the first thing i've liked that means i dislike everything else and it could mean simply indifference but in my head the using the word you're the first thing i've been able to like the first person i've liked um so he, he and you see that like uh from the opening sequence and of course the very very famous uh and yet hauntingly dark and eerie simon and garfunkel music um, what was it about movies in the 70s that they did that? Because we just watched The Last Unicorn. Oh, this was in 67, so never mind. Mm-hmm. But maybe around that time, like The Last Unicorn, Everything Was By America. Wasn't that the name of the band? It was, and that's funny. Not a good band. He- no, Hedwig and the Angry Inch mentioned that band. There's a funny sequence where uh, <laughs> when she meets, um, was it Tommy? Um, Michael Pitt's character in the movie uh, where oh, he, pl- yeah. he plays Boston... 
Kentucky, uh, I think Europe, uh, America, and something else. And I think I think I missed the joke because he's the delivery is so spot on. But I think he said, "I'm tired of traveling." Like in 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 terms of like I don't want to listen to any more music because everywhere we're going is like a different. I don't know. Sorry, um, you just triggered that because I didn't realize the band America until you said it now that it was from that other movie we just watched. But um, and I love Harold and Maude, but I'm pretty sure that it's all the same band. Yeah, it's I don't a know. oh, it's not a band. It's Oh, Cat Stevens, I think? Yes, correct. It is Cat Stevens. Yeah, um, so just very strange. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and honestly, though, stylistically, I would say Maud and Graduate have some things in common. Um, maybe not stylistically, maybe tonally. But um, he, you know, from the opening sequence, you have the, the is it sound, not Sound of Silence. I can't think of what starts on the, uh, the opening the title credits where you see him on like the conveyor belt at the airport um coming home he looks so stoic so disinterested and that's kind of the thing because dustin hoffman is such a great actor and he's acting so minimally and yet a lot in this film because he is being so you know somber and and uh, so much of this film is him in in a close-up centered on the screen to emphasize the uh, loneliness and isolation he's feeling um throughout the movie and I mean, there's some amazing iconic shots. The the, the framing of through Miss Robinson's leg, where you can see him, but like her legs bent, and she frames him in the center. Um, and he says, "You know, you're trying to seduce me." And then uh, the rapid cuts that are very reminiscent of Psycho, um, the shower sequence, but it's him looking at her naked uh, for the first time, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> and like the way they cut back and forth, and you get like just flashes of nudity. Um, like those that's you know very stylistic uh when before he takes her home this is all this is none of this is spoilers because this is in the first 20 minutes of the movie that i'm talking about um and uh when she asks him to take her home though um she throws the keys in the fish tank and then we have the shot of him fishing them out like through the fish tank which they had just used that shot when he was sitting in the room i mean there's just so many awesome camera shots in this film um even the opening shot where it's it's him on a, a white background and you're like what where, where is he and it pulls back to show the airplane that he's sitting in the seat and it was just such a tight shot and it, it again he's surrounded by people yet he's alone like that's the constant um kind of theme like he doesn't connect with anybody he doesn't know what he wants to do and uh, i think that's where the romance comes in is he meets elaine and that changes completely it's no longer i i don't i am alone i found the person i want to be with um, and it, it's the only thing that he looks happy about, you know, throughout the film. It's the one thing because he has this affair with Miss Robinson. Um, I mean, I don't feel like it's a spoiler because I feel like that's the premise of the movie, right? Like the movie is that this young kid trying to figure out what he wants to do has ends up finding himself in an affair with an older woman. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are twists from that point, which maybe get into spoilers, but I, I found the second viewing to be more enjoyable than my first. You seem kind of on the fence about it. Um, anything you want to say before we get into spoilers? No. And then lead us in, Corey. Okay, guys. You can go check out The Graduate. It is streaming somewhere. Amazon Prime. Boom. There you go. <laughs> go check out The Graduate and then come back and give us a listen. Otherwise, full steam ahead. Spoilers. Which, I guess, uh, should be noted, Amazon has dropped Amazon in front of Prime. 
So like all their prime stuff is just like prime instant, prime delivery, that kind of thing. Like they've been like doing it it's gradually, branded. but it now it just... yeah, it's it's its own thing. So it's not on Amazon Prime, it's on Prime Instant. Uh you can watch The Graduate for free if you're a Prime uh, member, whether you're a monthly subscriber or annual subscriber. Um and of course it is on Criterion, which is half off right now. So if you're if you're in a place where they have or if you order it online or you can get it um, from like books, Barnes and Noble, excuse me, Barnes and Noble. But uh, that said, spoilers, Corey, what, let's go. It sounds like you have a lot you want to say about this movie. Get into it. I don't really feel like I have a lot. I can oh. be pretty. Uh, um, so I <laughs> forget the exact quote, but isn't it don't poop where you eat? <laughs> like, isn't that like, yeah. why would right. you? <laughs> except not with poop um <laughs> trying to guess a little less but uh why would you i mean i don't know the whole premise is just weird she like takes has him take her home from his graduation party and then you know bring me inside i'm afraid it's dark and then walk me back to the sunroom and blah 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 and oh my husband won't be home for a long time well I, i'm glad they didn't get into anything crazy because it was not a long time no. um and like i don't know like it i mean the whole premise i think is supposed to make us uncomfortable she's sleeping with someone that's her daughter's age mm-hmm. i don't i don't care that she's in an unhappy marriage then get out of your marriage but i don't know i just i i don't know i don't really feel like he loved elaine either i actually thought he was creepy and a stalker and he was just obsessive oh he totally was Uh, um nothing about what he does makes logical sense but why would you go to the city she goes to school get into a boarding house and then watch her and then why would you think it would be in a good a good thing to be in a relationship with that person i'm sorry why would she or why would he why would she oh well um i think that's what the ending of the movie is supposed to let you ponder right they uh which you you did notice the parallel from wayne's world 2 i assume i wish okay so let's be real for a minute i forget what day i watched this movie on i think maybe tuesday because i was supposed to go to the movies on wednesday and i just had a full week and (laughs) i totally forgot and i was like this looks really familiar ah and it took me a minute i was like dang it john told me (laughs) i was like stupid girl but um i like in wayne's world where it's a little more like oh no this is the wrong church and then he runs the other one yeah it's it's such a big thing that it's i don't know they're mocking it um in a lot of ways and uh, the priest says son of a because there's that moment in the graduate where they they show like everybody mouthing like son of a bitch and they like show the different people mouthing it in wayne's world the priest even says it <laughs> and it cracks me up um and of course you have christopher walken as the potential husband there too so the wayne's world too is funnier um and yeah and also like more silly because like when the fight breaks out it's like mrs robinson slapping the crap out of her daughter in that sequence and i'm just like oh my god like what why are you hitting elaine like that like you know miss robinson is completely jealous um and it, i I get that that's the only reason she did not want him to be with her daughter. Yeah, um, for sure. And then, like, she lies and says he raped her, which, That pissed me off. Oh, so much. So, so much. Especially, that's, I think, another reason why... What's that? 
And her daughter believed her at first. Well, to be fair, I mean, we want that, right? We want victims to be believed. That, But the concern Definitely. is that this a person will use it to hurt somebody um, and but... it not be true. And that's that's the fear. And that's why I think this movie maybe doesn't hold up anymore, right? Because we're looking at a time where we are trying to get victims to stop being afraid to come out and that we will believe you and that we will we will take you at your word and here is an example of that being used against it which is completely counter to what we are trying to you know put out there well the whole like thing where it comes up where he goes to pick elaine up for their second date and that's how it all comes to light and he tells her before her mom can tell her and then all of a sudden her mother's had time to concoct a story and i don't know like uh, i don't know i'm not saying we shouldn't believe people i just feel like no. there should be no but some that dialogue. is that is the concern and, and he doesn't even really tell her she puts the way cinematically mike nichols does that sequence is so great because he's it, it has her we see the mother look through the crack of the door elaine looks back the focus racks so that she is now in focus she comes back to him it slowly comes into her in focus and as that happens we realize she's realizing who the woman was that he had an affair with and she freaks out accordingly now then the mom twisted as you said and says that he raped her and that's where it gets really messed up and dark and um but like yeah it's he's a person who's completely lost has nothing meets elaine and she's the one beacon of light in his otherwise dark world and that's why he becomes obsessed with it. Now, I don't think the movie's saying that it's okay, and I don't think that, and I don't think it's, I don't think the movie says it's okay for Elaine to go with him. In fact, that last shot, them on the bus, they're smiling, they're excited, and they sit there in the close-up again. Now we've only seen him in the close-up like this before, but now it's both of them, and we watch their faces go through various stages. They're smiling, they're frowning, they're smiling, they're frowning, and it's them processing like yes i love this person but they did this thing or what about this or what what are we going to do now like yes i have this person but i have no money i have no job i have no you know life she's like i just said i do i just kissed my husband i'm married right isn't i don't know i'm not legally married so i actually don't know how the process works but you're already married i you go and get your marriage license before you go to the wedding so she's married when she leaves the guy so now you got to deal with that you know there's all sorts of things you know like um, i don't feel like he loved her i feel like he, he, he wanted does. what he couldn't have and then he's like just trying to have that and then he gets it and now i would agree with that if it wasn't the the scene where he takes her to the strip club which is one of the meanest things in this movie right like he's clearly he trying to be him. a jerk and she is so uncomfortable and then the stripper doesn't realize what's going on and she's like twirling the little tassels on the girl's head basically and the single tear rolls down her face i I love that performance from her um and that's when he stops being a jerk he realizes he's gone too far he's he tries to rectify it she doesn't want anything to do with him although she stays with him which is the that's one of the catches like i think any other woman would have just kept walking and she stops and lets him and bitch don't call me (laughs) yeah um, but he convinces her to, to they go get a burger and then he clearly starts falling for her right there. He's talking to her. He, he's seeing her as, I think, an equal, which I think is one of the problems. Like, I don't necessarily think he thinks he's better than everyone, 
but he th- I think he thinks he's different than everyone like you know um he doesn't cl- he doesn't have the same point of view as other people he doesn't he doesn't seem to be passionate about anything like he was on all those different you know programs and stuff you hear his mom reading like his yearbook stats to at the party which was super embarrassing um but you know he didn't seem like it's not like he's in love with any of those things it was almost like he was just going through the motions um and i think elaine's the first person he connects with now that connection might not be love but he thinks it's love it's the first thing he cares about whether or not it's what we call love or whatever i do think that's genuine but i think the end of the movie is meant to be ambiguous where you don't know are they going to live happily ever after or is just is it as doomed as everything else is he going to ruin this too um i think that's up for interpretation and i think that heavily influences your opinion of the film is like how you take that last sequence because i've i take it as them realizing that they've done something stupid and i've had other people say they're super optimistic and like oh they can't wait to start their lives together um and there's Uh, that they don't look at ease (laughs) i don't know you know i don't I, I don't know. I don't know what, and I don't. I hope there's no answer. I hope it is up to us to decide what we believe. Um, I do like the movie. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it holds up as well. I definitely think, like as a film, I think it's something worth studying. I think there's a lot of really great cinematic techniques in this movie. I think this, the camera work is fantastic. Um, the score fits the tone really well, but at the same time, I. I man, I I used to like a lot of these Simon and Garfunkel songs, but I'm not sure I like any of them by them. Like I like a lot of the covers of those songs more so than I like their songs. Um, they're just so like, it's so depressing to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, I mean that's the tone this movie's going for though, right? Like, like the sound of silence is definitely a depressing song, and Disturbed's version is very dark uh too but i i don't know i think i like that version a little more to listen to um and miss robinson i feel like the version in wayne's world is more upbeat than the version in this movie well isn't it is that the version by the Lemonheads? it might be and then it, that would Which explain is it. such a good cover yeah uh agreed i just i don't know i have a hard time getting into like the folky music sometimes anyways yeah yeah i, I can agree with that but um yeah i i like the movie i i i would say uh, do you have anything else you want to point out or talk about mm. okay yeah. usually you're gonna i'm gonna say the r- rating and then you're gonna have like a and then be like oh my god um all right i'm gonna go not quite golden pony boy for myself a decent watch ah understandable i i do think though cinematically i do think this movie's outstanding and i would say it's a must see if you're if you're wanting to be a filmmaker you want to understand like how to to tell a story visually or how to frame shots i think there's a lot you can pull from this movie but the story you know it's it's not for everybody and i don't know um it's definitely relatable in some ways because like not knowing what you want to do with your life is a stressful oh my god me every day i still don't know and i'm awkward and some of those scenes i just totally got it like Mm -hmm. i don't want to come out and show all of your friends my scuba diving gear yeah that was really weird (laughs) although i love that shot i love the shot through the the mask and then pushing him into the water and then he's like looking up i think at his parents Mm -hmm. and Um, then pushing him under the water (laughs) like stay down yeah i'm just i totally get being that kind of person i don't know well and there's the montage like when he's in like the middle of um um 
the uh, the affair, and it's like kind of showing him like lounging at the pool, then lounging at the hotel room, and it's still he never looks happy. He's doing all these things and never looks happy. Um, I love some of the the transitions and the edits they do in that that montage. I like a lot. He's having an affair with a woman, and then he's afraid that they, he's worried that they can't talk. What did you think this was about, boy? Like, but, see, but that's he's looking for a connection. He's looking for something more, and he's not getting it from her. Um, and he gets it from Elaine, and that's you know I think a key key part of that romance element of this movie. Um, and there are some funny scenes. There's some a few parts where I laugh more or less out of like shock or whatever. But you know. Um, and I do think Dustin Hoffman is fantastic. He's become one of my favorite actors. I can't wait to watch uh, Midnight Cowboy. Um, oh, me neither. But um, next week, we're watching E2 Mama Tambien. Um, do you know anything about this movie, Corey? Um, doesn't it? Uh, oh, geez, I'm forgetting the name of the actor. Wasn't he just in Milk? Um, oh, yes, yes, he is. Diego Luna. Um, Thank you. And uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who was in Coco um is in this as well and uh it's directed by alfonso Cuaron, who i am a big fan of um who did uh he's directed gravity and children of men and my favorite harry potter movie the prisoner of azkaban um and it's listed as a uh, coming of age story which is why i picked it um i bought this at uh the antique mall for two bucks a few weeks ago um, hold on on dvd so in winter haven lake wales uh, no, sorry, sorry. Lakeland. Are you talking about the flea market? No, the antique mall. It's it's oh. outside of the Lakeland Mall. It's called the antique mall. It is oh. essentially a flea market, but it's in one giant building. And Don't it's, need to take me. It's a bunch of lots of people's stuff. Some of it is antiques for real, and others are very much like a flea market. There's just nobody working at the booths. So, like, you go to the booth, and, like, they ha- everything's numbered, and the people at the register, you go to the register. And it's kind of more like a consignment shop, I guess, in that way. Um, but I don't think, like, I think you have to go and set up your section and then everything is labeled with a certain, like, bin number so that when you pay at the register, the right people get the money for it or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cool. There, It's a chain of some kind, though. Um, but we, my wife found it a, a few months ago. I mean, it's been right there, but we finally went into it. And now it's become, like, a, a monthly tradition where we'll go and kind of scour. And I found some good movie deals there and I found some good collectible stuff. Um, they have a lot of cool Star Wars collectible stuff there. Uh, my Ghostbusters pop vinyl that I got for uh, Father's Day, um, which is it's the Gatekeeper, Zool, and the Keymaster pop vinyl triple pack, was at oh. the Antique Mall. So dang. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, I that's where I got E2 Mama Tambien. I know it's available to stream, but I don't know if it's available for free to stream. Uh, so check that out if you want. Uh, you can email us uh, your thoughts on either The Graduate or E2 Mama Tambien or your favorite coming-of-age movies at contact at berkreviews.com. That is contact at berkreviews.com. And Corey, uh, where can they find you on the internet? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And I am at Burke Reviews, and that's on, of course, Twitter, Instagram, and even Letterboxd. Um, read my reviews at BurkeReviews.com, and every once in a while, Corey will write something, or David, or uh, somebody else, maybe Big Tuna, will have a post up on the site. So, um, until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>